You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for the World Arm Wrestling League this week. I'm your host Neil Pickup, and it is on. Hello ladies and gents and welcome to World Arm Wrestling League this week, show number 47. It's a continuation of a two-parter. Same guests as last week guys and we are getting warm. If you didn't check it out last week, you're in for a treat as we get back into it with four very entertaining guests. Two from the middleweight, two from the lightweight. Mindaugas Teresaitis, Doug the Animal Ehrlich, Ryan Blue Bowen and the Hammer Holder, Rob Vigent Jr. Let's have it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. And you probably will realise from the very similar background noise to episode 46 that we have got the same crop of guys on the phone. Not necessarily because we had anything exciting to talk about, just that nobody on the line dared tell Mindaugas Teresaitis that we needed him to hang up. That's how scary this guy is. And just on the call as well, we've got Rob Vigent Jr., Ryan Bowen, and Doug the Animal Ehrlich. And if you were tuning in to episode 46, you will know that Mindaugas had just lit a fire under the, well, I'm going to say the entire of North America by saying that the elite or the very top tier of European arm wrestling was better than that of North America. Is it something you agree with? Is it something you disagree with? We're about to find out. Mindaugas, just recap that statement for us, mate, and we will get back into it. So, yeah, as I was saying, uh, uh, since I was traveling quite a lot, been to US also a couple of times, um, competed in quite many of these world events at Lotti and uh, just world championships. Just my impression on the levels uh, of world versus Europe or versus Asia. It seemed like pullers from Kazakhstan, Russia or Eastern Europe, uh, the very top 1% seemed to be at a very much higher level uh, in comparison to US talent. So if we were doing sort of a breakdown of global talent by continent or by country, obviously you've got your absolute elite, elite level, which basically is where you cannot be beaten under any circumstances by anyone in any weight class ever. And you're also completely omnipotent. And there's only Danny Tesh in that bracket. Then we come down... <laughs> And you've got another set of arm wrestlers below that, okay? Now, I want to get into this a little bit with him in Dalvis, because when you say that the North American arm wrestlers, the elite, elite arm wrestlers, are better than those of North America, do you think that that could be because the absolute best arm wrestlers in North America tend not to travel outside North America, except when there's big prize money on the line? And most of that tends to happen in North America. 
when we've seen that, when we've seen some of the elite heavyweights travel, so Travis Bajant's a good example, Michael Todd's a good example, John Brzezink's a good example, Devon Larratt's a good example. These guys can mix it up with the best of Europe and have done so over the last decade and longer. Do you think that that is a possibility lower down the weight classes? So if you were to look at the same scenario in middleweight, could that manifest itself the same way or, or no? Yes, true. Maybe this impression which I got is mostly on the lower weight classes. Mm -hmm. as, yeah, as we know, the higher ones seem to be a little more comparable. Um, still, the lower ones are definitely, there's a definite a difference if you start to compare the, the low ones. Rob, you're a guy yeah. that obviously must be itching to get involved in this conversation because you're probably representative of North America's best middleweight right now. Um, certainly, if you were going to send over a team of middleweight arm wrestlers from North America, I'm going to say it would be Todd Hutchins, uh, cut down back to his normal weight class, and yourself would be the two chosen representatives, you would think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you touched on it really well. I think that uh, what you, the angle you kind of recapped it in, how you get the very best Europeans and often not the very best uh, people from North America. So the ones who do go over and they compete with the super elites of Europe, they don't look so hot because they're going against the very best. And, you know, we're sending over guys that are great, but not quite on that level. So, I mean, if you take best for best, I think, I think it's a, it's a, it's a very level mix. I don't think that there's, you know, I think the understanding that, guys go over there and just get mopped it's you know it's just because of what we've sent and what what the outcomes have been we've had clashes of best versus best when you look at like todd hutchings when when zolowev was unscathed in a hook by anybody you know when todd hutchings pulled sasho you know you got examples like that across the board on different weight classes so um I, I do think it's it's like Mendaga says the one percent from there and the one percent here. We just don't really see the one percent from here outside of North America too much. What would you say to that? I mean, Mendaga, if you look at yeah, let let's me... take Todd Hutchins for example, do you want to pick up that argument? Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you one more uh, interesting thing. Um, so I noticed as well that we had a couple of big competitions in um, in Russia earlier, like A1. Yeah. Or uh, in Moldova or, or somewhere else, or even Zloty, where people come to those competitions, but they are, most of these people are still not the best because the best guys and from Kazakhstan or from Georgia or from Russia, uh, they end up not going to those competitions because they don't get any money for it from the government. Mm -hmm. So they only really go to Worlds and almost don't go anywhere else. Yeah, and yeah, and that's where I really see the like these people are really really talented, and I don't see them going to these other big competitions, even Zlotin. Well, the competitions I'm talking about, we'll say that Todd Hutchings won when he won Zlotty and A1 in the same year. I do believe that was an era before like top eight, and you did see your Zolowebs, both of them, Spartak and uh, Haji. Yeah, you saw both of them. You've seen, uh, you know, the Sashos, the Makievs, uh, 
the Ongabayevs. You've seen all those guys there. Now with top eight, people are spreading out. With organization splits, people are spreading out. But the years we've seen success, when John won Zlotty, when Travis won Zlotty, you know, those are the tournaments that everybody was at. So um, maybe now it's different. Like this past Zlotty, to be honest, it, it looked like, a, you know, a Polish Nationals. It didn't look so much like a, the tournament that made it famous years back. Exactly, yeah, true. The one thing I would say, though, is is you have a situation. I'm gonna I'm gonna support what Mindaugas said about the Russian thing, because um, when I was at the peak of my career, I used to enjoy traveling over to Russia just for fun because you pull guys over there. You'd go to tournaments that weren't necessarily that big, to be honest, but a lot of but well attended by Russian competitors, and the the strength in depth was amazing. It was one of the best places you could ever go to get training. You know. Um, yeah, what I said in this argument so was strong guys. In, in times past, I would say that I agree that they're depth-wise and overall, like the landscape of talent, their middle-range pool, even their upper-range pool is much bigger because I think they approach the sport a lot differently. I think they train themselves like professional athletes. Here, we're not afforded the uh, we're not afforded to be able to be full-time athletes, and a lot of us are, you know guys with families and jobs and you got to try to fit training in they're like they train they're robotic they're systematic so their programming is 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 probably a much higher level so the guys that are competing over here admittedly you cherry pick the guys that can compete on that level they're special guys they're 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 really good at what they do but they're they're far and few between and i i can admit that it's, it's, I don't like when they say nobody, like you're just going to pick ex-European, he's going to come over here and run through the whole landscape, because there's going to be one or two people guarding that position. But it, it's it's definitely not as deep, and their programming and overall approach to the sport is at a higher level. I would agree with that. Okay, Doug Ehrlich, if we picked an American dream team, okay, mm-hmm. in the following weight categories, let's say... 54s, 76s, 220, and super. Okay? Mm-hmm. Is there four guys that you believe you could name who could go anywhere and come back with a majority victory across the classes? If you picked your absolute very best representative from North America, could they beat the very best of Russia, the very best of Eastern Europe? First, who I, would you put in there? Well, I'll address the the topic that it's been on. I mean, we're also comparing the United States to all of Europe and all of... You take the top guys from the U.S. and you put them in Lithuania, mm-hmm. it, you, we're, we're probably going to be in the, on the podium in every single class. Okay, you're not just going to have... It's not going to be a clean Lithuanian sweep for the top three. You know, it's it's it, if you put pit our country versus another country, we're, we're competing. And when now when you're doing it like the Olympics and it's USA versus everybody, you know, it just medal count i mean it's a different it's a different world i mean when i when i went over there to zloty i mean i pulled david samusha from georgia i pulled uh the uh the bar brothers or however you say piotr and uh yeah yeah and then uh uh i i pulled i beat uh 
Bodon Ivanchenko or whatever his name, however you say his name from Ukraine. Um, you, you know, that's not. It, it, I've I've pulled all those guys. I, I didn't feel anything. I haven't felt here. Um, you send any of our top guys. I'd say 154. Sam at 154 is probably our best. Um, Either him or Corey Miller, I would say. Yeah, him or Corey, him or Corey, if Corey can make that right now. But yeah, um, I would say I would put Sam there, and and against the 154s in the world, I mean, he, you know, sending him him versus the world, I'm taking the field, but him versus any one guy, I mean, it, it's going to be pretty close. So, um, you know, at 176. At 176, it depends on right and left. I mean, I, just Justin's walking around in the, the 180s right now, okay? So I'm probably I'm probably sending Justin. Um, if, if Craig can get down, Craig would be a great option. Yeah, Craig Tuye is an animal. Yeah, Craig Craig is Craig is a beast. If he's, I know last time when he pulled you, when I saw him weigh in, I know he was 190 or one or 200 when he pulled 200. you, Rob. So yeah, um, you know I don't know if he's if he'd be even looking at going down there, but left-handed, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be Craig. Right, right. Craig would be right there. Um, left. Um, Let's say just right-handed. If we're looking right-handed for the purpose of this. I mean, you're probably sending uh, Justin or Craig. Justin, I know can make it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, Justin can make it in four hours, but uh, Craig, if he would be willing to walk around it that way, I'd say probably Craig. Um, at 220, that's uh, kind of a weird. That's kind of an odd, odd weight class for me. I'd say uh, more so the 210. 225. 225. 225. You can have your Devin Larratt. Have, have yeah, your that's kind of it. It gets sketchy in there at the 220. A heavy Todd. Um, if Rob could get, if Rob got heavy, heavier, but see this, those guys, you know, going up to where which guys would be coming down you know it but you still uh, got we're about I mean, to see John Stankel the, for the 95 kilo top eight hmm. I, 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 he may still be the man at 220 he may, he, he may be well be the man at 220 we, that, that, that's a, you make a good point Ryan I mean uh, we don't know where John's at right now we, we don't know but John if John could get back if the shoulder issues and he can move past those and he can also be committed to it fully what where is john's potential you know yeah john is definitely there and then in the super heavyweights i mean you, you got to send michael todd right now so um that's just uh I, he could beat anybody because of his you know his style he can he could really beat anybody mm -hmm. i feel like we've ganged up on mendogas a bit here no, I, I actually am on Mindaugas' side here. If we put together and I'll help him with this. Mindaugas, let's think about it from Europe, mate. Let's get our heads together. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Well, if you're picking yeah. country versus country, though, like that, like I said, like my point before, I mean, you know, we're, yeah, the United States is bigger population-wise, but the arm wrestling community is probably not that much larger as far as the actual competitive arm wrestlers, not the amateurs, yeah. the, you know, versus some of these other smaller countries that have just as many or more elite athletes there you send our best over to lithuania um let's it, even even if mundagas wins his class well we will it, see this uh, match between the chafee and rimkus very soon right and Chafee should sweep that well hey 
you hit a point when you say who. You know what I love about looking at this from a European perspective is the fact that, and I'm sure Mindaugas, she feel the same. But the di most difficult thing for me would be picking who to throw in there because my God, we got options, dude. I mean, really, really deep. Yeah, but options. I think what Doug is saying, what Doug is saying is, you're saying USA versus about thirty other countries, like you're, no, you're North, making North the America. whole world. North America. Take, um, okay, yeah, that's, North that's and South. Canada, well, let's just say the five and, Canadians that are good, though, right? Yeah. So, you could, so we're not. You could we're take, talking about five good Canadians. We're not really? talking about. Yeah, we're not talking I about adding Canada in here like it's bringing 20, 20 top-notch like superstars. I mean, you've got guys coming up like BLM. You've got, of course, you got Devin Larrett. You've got. Uh, Ford when he was when he was doing his thing when he when he was competing, um, you know Mike Gold ain't doing it really anymore. Uh, I mean he's not competing on the world level anymore or anything like that. You know got Crazy George. Yeah, I mean Crazy George obviously with <laughs> with his with his uh, style dangerous for anybody. But what I'm saying he's is hurt a like, lot of feelings. Saying North America isn't adding Canada's like it's not adding much. If you go look at the North American rankings in the last 20 years, I don't care who's been doing them. It hasn't been many of them on the top 10. But a few really significant ones. I mean, if, you, if you're if you looking at the 220, 225 class and Devin Larratt, you representative for North America at that weight. Right. Oh. Uh, if De I don't know. Devin was up to like 270 or something, wasn't he? He I'm is honest. right now, yeah. But yeah. Can, Oof. You know, if there's a million, if there's a million dollars on the table, I think he he wouldn't mind losing a few pounds. Yeah, if he could get the 225. Well, for that's a, a hypothetical dollar, shit, right? For a million dollars, oh, yeah, I, I'll get down to 176. We're, talk we're talking about fantasy league football here. We're talking about, you know, yeah. this is this isn't real. This is hypothetical. If we all go jump on a on a a fucking landmine and we lose a leg then 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 i'm in 154 and uh doug's at 123 and we've seen not long back devon lara bouncing around at 225 like it's his job and still rock strong hey, yeah, i yeah. will say this if i could get if it was a million dollars on the line and i could get i could get rob to a healthy 176 and he would he would sweep that class so mate let me tell you now if there's a million dollars on the line i'd try a lot of things Rob, Rob's got a, Rob's got a twenty. That, that'd be a what a twenty-four pound, twenty or thirty-pound water cut. That'd be that'd be easy. Oh yeah, if you were fighting like a fight weight would get me down into probably like the one eighties. Yeah, that's easy. That gets you cut. It's uh, I, mean, I don't. The thing with all these is, I don't think we need to stretch the imagination too far on who can lose weight <laughs> to wherever. I, I honestly think that you've got a class, you've got an opportunity here to genuinely make a rock strong team from North America. I think the one yeah. thing it does illustrate is if you closed it down. Let's say you take out the putting putting um, North America against thirty countries. Let's say if we look at the strongholds of certain countries in Europe. If you were to put together a team of arm wrestlers from Bulgaria, from Kazakhstan, from Russia, from Ukraine, from Turkey, from Uzbekistan, I think you would have some very, very, very interesting matches. Yeah, it's not a blowout. The, 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 the whole point is they're not just dominant because they happen to be from a certain geography in the world. Like, oh, they're from Europe. They're fucking better. It's it's, it's competitive. It's, it's, it's case sensitive per the athlete. If you've been holding it in and waiting for a break, the news is good. That time is now, guys. Get yourselves up 
Have a walk round. Stretch the legs. Do anything else you can do in a very short period of time. I'll just whistle for the missus while you make a brew. Back in a few. Ah, I feel refreshed. Hopefully you do too, guys, and you got yourself a quick drink. We're going to get straight back into the action with Ryan Bowen, Rob Bidgent Jr., Mindaugas, Terracetus, and the animal. Doug Ehrlich. Let's get into it. We're going to go around the... We're going to go across the weight classes, and what I want you to do is each individually think about who you've got as the very best first name that comes into your mind that you're pretty solid about spitting out. First name that comes into your mind anywhere in the world is the absolute best in this weight class. I'm going to start with Mindaugas. Right. Men's 165, 75 kilo. Who's the very best arm wrestler breathing in that weight class right now, in your opinion? Are we talking about the right arm? Right arm, yeah. We're going to stay with right arm, just going to overcomplicate it. Um, Arthur Makarov. Okay, Rob Vision, who you got? I know that they were back and forth, and if it was to happen again, I have a hard time betting against Engen Terzi. Okay. Ryan Bowen, who you got? Uh, honestly, I, I, I don't mean to blow, blow him up, but I would have said Mindogas right now. Okay. And Doug, who you got? Uh, I was going to go with what Rob said, Engen. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Makarov. Okay. Let's look at the men's 85 kilogram class. Mindaugas, who you got? Uh, give me a second. Um... <laughs> try, try to skip me for a second. I will try to find a good name. Okay, I'm going to go Plum and Dimitrov. Who've you got, Rob? Yeah. Uh, I'm not as versed because that's like kind of an in-between class. Mm -hmm. uh, but probably somewhere over there like uh, Plowman or depending on where uh, Zolaweb. Who's the really tall kid that's really good? I'll tell you what then. Let, let's, let's, let's skip who, it and go 90 who, kilos. Who, who's, the okay. tall, who's the tall guy that, that was the first one to crack Zolaweb? Um, what's his name? The good top roll with the glasses. Uh, the guy from Russia... Um... Yeah, he trains with Zolowev. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he, he's been winning yeah. everything. Yeah. He's been winning everything. Yeah, he's rock strong, to be fair. 90 uh, kilograms, uh, don't even ask me, because until I am get my ass whipped, I'm, I'm sticking you're with You're going with you. Okay. I, I feel like I feel like Rustam Babayev is a 90 kilo guy who just pretends he's heavier. He's still well, he doesn't pretend he is heavier, because he's, he's super, super juiced. Yeah, I'm going to say he is heavier, Ryan. No, I think he's coming back to 90 or 95. Mm -hmm. right? I think, yeah, well, he's dieting for 95, as I understand it. He's like he's like five foot two or something. I don't know how he is that heavy. I don't think it will be hard for him to come down. No, no, I don't either. Too... Yeah, even if he comes down, I'm sticking with my original answer. Okay, well, it's good. And, Doug, who you got? I'm going with uh, Rob or Sasho. Hmm. Okay, yeah, Sasho's another name. There's a few names in there, but at the moment we're, we're leaning towards Eastern European for most of the answers apart from Rob Vigent Jr. I'm also going to go with Danny Tesh. Now then, <laughs> we uh, we go up to 225, or who do you think is the, the absolute 
man, the pinnacle in that class, or, or, or even to make it more fun, 110 kilograms. Who's the absolute man? Is it a super match or just like tournament draws, straight up super match? Yeah, super match. Who's the absolute pinnacle? Can beat I any li- other like, one on one. I like the current Prudnik, Prudnik at that weight. Like he seems like he is. Uh... Uh, with the new, his newfound size, um, I'm thinking he's around that weight. I think his and, newfound uh, size is like 250, isn't he? No, he ain't 250. Is he? No, no, I think he's uh, around one, 110. I got 110 kilo. I, I yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah, say. Yeah, let, let's be honest, that's 242. Okay, so it's not far off. Well, I'm going with him if you said 110. Hmm? I agree with Prudnik. Mm-hmm. The other guy that's right in the mix there, what about Zeranov? He won this year's WAF uh, Worlds at 110. Dude is a monster. The other guys, what about Korsak from Turkey as well? Yeah. yeah that guy yeah. looks ridiculous. <laughs> I'd like to I see don't know if he's, I don't know if he's strong enough for that next level up of like the 110. Well, he just went up, didn't he? He just he just went up this year, this past year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he might be two fifty next year. Who knows? He, he was like one ninety. He was he was like the one ninety eight. He was uh, ninety at, kilograms at, at or one, something. At one ten, I'm saying Michael Todd. Michael Todd's currently two hundred and forty five pounds or something. Michael is mm. two hundred and forty five pounds. I don't yeah, know about that, bro. He's light in the ass right now. He's lean. He's lean. Michael oh, Todd. Yeah. He must have but a I don't think work. he's going to show up and pull under the same circumstance. I don't think he's going to show no, up. He might be lean and taking pictures in a bikini and shit, but you're not going to see him show up to a big tournament like that. Mm. I think those days are over. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I'm just going by what, I, what I'm what i seeing, and I'm seeing... Uh, I just talked to him the other so day, on, and from what a, I remember, he said he wanted to come in at like 260. So who are you going with, Doug? Who's your one name? On the 110? Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, Prudnik. So you going Prudnik, Rob? Uh, uh, yeah, I'd have to say him. Yeah. Ryan? Yeah, well, if 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 I can't have Michael and it's one ten, yeah, it's Prudnik. If it was if we were talking one hundred, I'd say I'd say John. No tournament tournament draw, it'd be very hard because uh, two forty two is a comfortable weight for Devin to make. Hmm. And I, I have a hard time betting against Devin, especially in a super match. And, of course, uh, you know, we don't know where these guys are because they meet at different weights. You know, is Todd Hutchings going to be up to two, 242s, a, a very big Todd Hutchings? Mm. I don't know if he could beat Prudnick. Uh, but I, I think it's uh, – I mean, fuck, Krasi looks pretty good recently. And, I don't know. I like Angambara between the 90 and 100 as well. So that's tough. The, the interesting thing here, though, as we run through these names, 90% of them are Europeans and Eastern Europeans at that. All oh, in Dallas, who you got? In that class, under 110? Or what? Yeah, he said Prudnik at 110. I did say Prudnik. Yeah. Okay. So, last one, Supers. Now, this is where it gets brave. Yeah, it's going to be Levan. Levan. Anybody going anything other than Levan? I'm going to win Michael Todd. I think I'm going Michael with Todd, Michael Todd. I'm saying Michael Todd too, man. I, I at the way he looked in his last match versus Dave, like I, you know, yeah. it's not it's not the same as you know. It seems like he's 
something's changed. Like, and he's got. And we have seen we have seen Levon's hand go flat. Mm. And I'm gonna say, if it goes flat, yeah, it's a bad day. We've seen it happen with a pretty big in shape push car, as strong as he is. If that hand goes flat, and you got to do it over the course of rounds, uh, I don't know, man. I I think people are really. It's not taken away from Levon that he is a good arm wrestler and a great arm wrestler, but I think that people are really pumping him full because of how big he is and how heavy he is. Okay, I'm going to make another claim here. here. I I, I think, and I'll probably get shot down globally for this, right? But I'm going to go out and say this. I think that Vitaly Lalatin represents a bigger threat to Michael Todd than... uh, than Levin, I agree 11. 100%. And, 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 and I think that's because of the initiation, that massive influx of speed, and whether Michael could get the brakes on early enough with that really high arc. And I, I think that styles make matches, and I think that Lalatin potentially represents a bigger threat. 100%. That's kind of the uh, situation with when Michael pulled uh, Hermes, and it was... But and then Lalette's even taller and longer, so mm-hmm. I think that yeah. Stronger. But the thing that gave so. Michael a problem with Hermes was Hermes had a strong tricep. He threw his tricep and shoulder over it too. Well, he hit him to the side. He hit him to the side every match, even with the yeah. tricep. You know, so but Hermes' yeah. arms only like an inch longer than mine. Right, and that, so with Lalette, I think he does create it. a yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I would agree on uh, Lalette being a thread. To Michael, but I think Levan is also at a point where he's just too much, and that's why he could still handle the king's move. I mean, it's just it's too much power. That's a, that's a match everybody would, would love to see at some point. There's, there's no doubt that over five, six rounds, my gosh. I think there's always a limit of power which you can stop by using the king's move. Mm-hmm. If it's too much, it's not that effective. Yeah, but it's how much of that power goes down. It's only you're only as strong as your weakest link, and in case in point, hand and wrist. There's a spot where there's a spot where Mike gets to that it's almost impossible to finish him if he can get there. If you can keep him, if you trying to press or anything across the table, if you got a long enough arm, the way um, Truven did it, and you know, and it, it, it takes a it takes a certain, like you said, uh, styles make matchups. It takes a certain type of arm to be able to do that. Now, of course, we know uh, Jerry Cataret is like his. That's like one of his kryptonite matches. So it's just a tough. But Levin ain't doing that. Surely not so soon. Yes, unfortunately, we got to take a break right there, guys. Don't go away. We'll be straight back in the action with our four guests this evening. Quick sticks. Don't go anywhere. We're back. Time to get in the mix straight away with our four guests for the final part of this two-part special. He's so let me ask you all individually, can Devon Larratt do anything right now with uh, Levan? Can he do anything with Vitaly Lalatin? Knowing what he's just done to Dave Chaffee. You think that uh, yeah. Mindaugas is going to start with you? Is Devon right-handed in that hunt with those guys? Devon might be. I think Devon is getting stronger lately, so I think he might be able to stop Lalettin. But I would question his match with Levan. I don't think he, can, he has enough power to stop Levan. Rob Bridgen. 
Uh, I've always said it. I have a hard time really uh, betting against Devin, especially where he shows up, uh, you know, heavy and looking strong. I I see Devin, too, developing, or he's always had, you know, a really, really high-level hook when it gets really coiled in there and he can throw his shoulder and cut across. And I think that's unfamiliar territory for Levon. I think Levon is strong as people think he is for how big as he is. I think if he got turned into a bone-on-bone hook, it would be kind of like when uh, John Brzezink pulled uh, Clev Dean, you know, that he found that I think if you turn Levon into a palm-up situation and he's going to drive with you, I don't think his arm is as strong as his body would dictate. And that's why American people need to understand what the true power is. They wouldn't have such a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) American people. The the context of Devin versus Levon for me would be very much dependent on the the platform. Is it if it was... Under rigid rules, it's Levon for sure. If it's under WAL style, there's a... I don't understand rigid rules. You know that all these people pulled for fucking decades in, in WAF rules. Yeah, well, long well, before well, there was a WAL thought. This no, isn't some no, bullshit no. that came down from a spaceship and we're all it, it, fucking no, no, I, getting I get used it, to it today. Yeah. We've been Devin, doing this for decades. Devin, rigid rules. Devin, we still pull Devin, tournaments Devin, today with rigid fucking rules. David is just as experienced as anyone. This guy acts like we come to this. You're acting like there's one one sport is fist fighting and another one is gun fighting. Like they're two totally different fucking entities. It's okay. not. It's you, not. You said it before. You said it before that Devin needs to get his coil in. He will get a deeper coil in under a WAL start. What, look what he did to Jerry. He He's carving in before the go. He's I didn't not, say that's the gone. only way. I'm just saying I think that that is a lane. Like, you know, even when you see when, of course, Prudnik is incredibly strong. But when you saw Prudnik and uh, Levon kind of banging away, Levon really couldn't do anything with Prudnik once that match was not a top roll or sideways sweeping type match. But it's not going to yeah. happen at Claudia against Evan. Uh, if, if, it was, if it was in, in Igor's, any event that Igor put on, Levon would, would pin Devin. I'll tell you what, I think Dave Chafee would be a nightmare for Levon. Yeah, yeah, that's a different that's a different story because they're they're much more similar and they're both. Uh, Prudnik's Pro- Pro- hard to bring up, and that wedge hook that he's got is one of the best in the world. So it's uh, if not the best. So that little when he gets behind his shoulder, but um, uh, it's hard to compare him to anybody. But the uh, uh, to answer the question about um, Devin slowing down Levon, no, it's not. I don't. I I I don't see it. I think it would go similar to the way his match with Dennis went. I mean, I wouldn't bet against Devin because he's, again, somebody that's proven me wrong on numerous occasions, but I I just don't see him. He, I think he would need the Kings move, and I don't think he's mastered it well enough yet. Mm-hmm. On that note, though, everybody in the goddamn arm wrestling world just wagered their firstborn child that Chance Shaw was going to smoke Ryan Bowen, just so we can get that one clear. They did. They did. Uh, uh, so that's, you that's where all that arm wrestling knowledge goes. I'm going to refer back to a couple of shows ago, and I'm going to say that I didn't do that, and neither did you, Rob. No, I saw the lane. Yeah, I, I got a question for uh, Mendogas, Neil. Do you think uh, uh, Rimkus is going to beat Chafee? No. 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 Bet there might be. Uh, some well, it'll be it'll be nice for. Uh, It'll be nice for a Lithuanian to get the feel that American power, you know. 
No, he's, he's real just a young That's kid, what they you need know? to understand, Doug. They don't understand true power. Yeah, they don't get it. So we just got to show them. Dave's going to go over there and show them what true American horsepower is. Look, I think right. we should just forget all these, like, nationalistic thoughts, like who is better and stuff. Like, I mean, the communities in each of the countries are really still too small. So it's just some individuals coming out and doing well. You cannot really make the team from one country who would, which would beat the whole world. And so. Mindaugas, looking at looking at the Dave Chaffey Rimkis match, do, is there an angle there? Can can Dave lose that match, or do you see it as a as a the Dave Chaffey show? I can see an angle where Dave could lose because I yeah. still Dave somehow lost his verse against Devon and uh, mm. um, Michael just way too easily. I don't know why. Seems like he his cupping doesn't always work. So I and Rimkus is a top roller. He can he can really put a lot of pressure on Chafee's fingers. So maybe there is a a way for him to win. I can see that Chafee's wrist opening. What does everybody think about Alex Kadecha, guys? Because I think that's a sleeping giant. That's a that's a you know that's a force on in the making right there. He's opinion. only been in the sport for a few years, right? Yes. Yeah, that's the. I mean. To reach the level he has in such a short period of time, and he's got all the tools. I mean, he's a huge human being, you know. Oh yeah. Huge. Yeah. Really, really big man. Physically, I think he's, he's got a ton of potential. He's bigger frames than Levan. When standing side by side, he's a bigger human. He's, he may not be as thick as Levan, but but he's he's got the, the frame to go on with it and 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 get the job done. So I, I think that yeah, we're still yet to see what the best from him. And, you know, he he seems to be reliant on getting uh, into a top role position as well. I mean, it's not. I don't. You don't really see him go inside too much. Yeah, he'll come into his own though through his experience and his size and when his joints and everything get conditioned in that unlimited category. You know, it it, it does lean towards you know. You can get all kinds of freaky, weird makes and models and crossovers from other sports, basketball players, football players, guys that are very big frames. It just matters if he's got the athleticism to put it in motion, and he looks like he's on a good path. Now, Mindaugas, we've yes. been on here for sort of 36 minutes. It's the second show. I don't know about you, mate, but I feel like the lid needs to come off. So let's cut all the mucking and messing about and ask it to you straight like this. After what you've just seen, with Ryan Blue Bowen beating Chan Shaw, do you believe that he can beat Rob Bidget Jr.? Good question, good question. I can just uh, shortly talk about Ryan and my thoughts. He's obviously a pretty talented guy, but unfortunately he just lives in Australia where he doesn't have any competition. Only Tesh lives in Australia. They don't pull very often, as I understood. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, Ryan will probably do very well, and he's a very smart guy. Like, he's doing all all the right things, just traveling a lot, trying to get more experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Not afraid to lose, which is perfect for improving. I'm just worried uh, about his uh, like just athleticism. Doesn't look like he is uh, very athletic, lean. Maybe his hand is not the biggest. 
So I'm just worried about about these. Like maybe if he loses to 78 kilo, maybe that's where he would be a competitive one then. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Doug Ehrlich. Can Ryan Bowen do anything with Rob Virgin Jr.? No, I mean, I'm not trying to insult Ryan, but he's just not ready for that. I think Rob would pose on him, honestly. I just don't think that matches. I mean, he Ryan's still climbing. I mean, nothing against Ryan at all. He's doing – he's 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 making all the steps that he needs to make. You know, he, he's – I think he needs to, you know, I think, I think he would love a rematch with, like, Mosier or something like that, you know, and – um, and get there first. I just think Rob is the, as far as a true 200 pound guy, it's just uh, one of the best in the world. And, you know, he, Ryan just went over to Zlotty and, and, you know, it, he sees the, I think Rob is that caliber of those guys that he faced, you know, and, um, he may be he may be the one of the only ones. I mean, people forget about Storm. I think Storm as a middleweight um, with I think there are top two true 210, 200, 210 guys. Uh, Todd is my uh, Todd Hutchins is big. Um, I don't think uh, Ryan though is ready for the middleweight title though. You know, that's just my opinion. Rob, when you look at what what just happened recently with Chance. Does that yep. change your opinion of a match potentially between BLM and Ryan Bowen? Who wins that match? You know, there's a couple of points about the chance match. That there's one of them that really upset me, which was it the hat? We've been we've been using the strap the straps with a fairer wrap for a couple of years now because we all identified that matches were being dictated on who had the buckle and who didn't. And I feel like as insightful as everyone is with this setup, why that wrap was allowed to go the old way, because every pin came from the non-buckle side. It almost went like one guy was dominating comfortably, then they switched sides, and the same guy that was dominated now couldn't do anything. And really that match would have been 3-3, because Chance was pretty comfortable in the position he was in, and he followed out. So then it became a 4-2. I mean, with all the hype out there, Chance should have won no matter he had the buckle or not. So that was good for Ryan because they were pretty close. But I do think too much. It was just like we saw Paul Lynn and Paul Talbot. When they first met, I bitched about the strap because I'm like, they kept, it was pins on all the non-buckle side. So with that being said, I didn't really know where Chance Shaw was. I know he was doing really well with a couple guys. But then again, you don't know how what shape a Nick Zener is in and whatnot. So I think it elevated Ryan. It knocked Chance down a couple of notches. I did see a good deal. Ryan represents that guy that if the match stops, you better be as comfortable as he is in the grind because he loves the grind. Um, BLM is great in the straps. He's good at taking hands. Uh, he's versatile. He's got a great team to pull with. So... I do think that that's a competitive match. I do lean towards BLM because I think the positions that Ryan might have to sacrifice to get uh, the match to stop may be too far gone. But again, I see the lanes. I do see, I don't see this as a walkthrough. Ryan's earned my respect as a puller. 
and his conditioning and uh, his ability to maneuver on the table. I don't look at him like he's some loudmouth chump change from Australia. I do give him the nod that, you know, he's made a lot of ground and he looks to be a proficient puller. Uh, BLM, I don't have enough data on him either. It's always privy to who you're pulling. Everyone looks unstoppable in their highlight reel. I think it's going to be an interesting one, and I could see it being a really, really good grinding matches. Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of chat out there about you and BLM, mate, and obviously that's a very, very confident young man. Does yeah. he represent a greater threat? Does, does the, Do you come off the chance your match with improved confidence? Do you think you can run through this Canadian? I, I, I definitely have significantly improved confidence um, in that match. I, I, I always felt like I, I had the technical options against BLM to get the job done, but I don't think BLM is going to be as strong as Chance, but I think he'll be more technically proficient than Chance was. Um, but the whole strap thing that happened with Chance was a pain in the ass. I, did, I didn't realize it. it was happening. It was like the Wild West of that garage. And, and I honestly made the assumption that every referee uses the, the fairest strap these days. So it did feel rubbish on that buckle side. But what I felt outside of the straps, the risk was dropping over the, as each round went on. It was harder for him to, to keep his knuckles high. And had we have been in a, in a, a proper strap, I felt like I would have taken control of both sides. And it would have been 5-1. And, and look, if we had just kept on playing, if it had been three all, kept on playing on, what was going to happen was we were going to keep on someone dead by two, and eventually I would have taken control of his hand and wrist outside of the straps because, like I said, his wrist was dropping and gassing. So when it comes to BLM, I think that I think that I'm going to be in control. I feel I feel like I feel like it's going to look like Devin Larratt beat Matt Marsh, and, and I'm, I'm Devin Larratt. Ladies and gentlemen, that is all we got time for on this week's show. Number 47 is in the books. Hope you enjoyed it, guys. I want to say a massive thanks to my four guests. Blue Bowen, RBJ, Mindaugas, Stelisatis. What an exciting new prospect that guy is. And the animal, Doug Ehrlich. Fellas, thanks for the time. It was a cracker. I want to thank all of you also, guys, for taking your time to check us out, tune in, and we hope you will again, same time, next time, right here on the World Arm Wrestling League this week with myself, Neil Pickup. Till then, take it easy, peeps. Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and wagering week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line.